This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. professional broadcasting for how many years 20 odd years on sky sports and all those other years beforehand and you don't realize that you're being recorded you're in the studio environment everyone's wearing a microphone you've got a microphone attached to your shirt or your your jacket it's right there anyone who wants to record what you're saying can do that so you know if you're going to be an asshole make sure you don't be an asshole when it's being recorded it's just common sense anyway what was i going to say the entire human race yeah assholes Total cunts, a lot of them. Not one of them understands the offside rule. Not one. I mean, Jesus. Oh, uh, hello there. And welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. I hope you're well. I'm assuming you're well this week because, well, things have been going pretty well on the pitch, haven't they? Two 3-0 wins. Fantastic performance against Wigan. Carling Cup final. After beating Ipswich, 3-0. Two assists from Arshavin. Brilliant goal from Nicholas Bentner, Robin Van Persie Hattrick. I mean, it's been a good week on the pitch. One of the better weeks of the season. And we've got some kind of momentum going now, which is a, a very good thing because I think we're going we're gonna to need it because the games are uh, coming thick and fast. They just don't stop. You know, it's midweek weekend, midweek weekend, and uh, we're going to need to use all our players and it's good to see a few of them come back into form. The Wigan game in particular was was an outstanding performance. Al Habsi in the Wigan goal was was brilliant. There's only one save uh, or one chance I thought we created that we should definitely uh, have scored, and that was the uh, the Theo Walcott one. I don't know why he didn't shoot because he's usually very good in that situation. But the rest of them, there were brilliant saves by Al Habsi, and it happens a lot. Maybe it's the spectacularness of the arena, but it, you know, it used to happen at Highbury too, where the opposition goalkeeper would come and, and play the game of his life. But then maybe we don't see it happening in other games because we don't watch them as much. You know what I mean? There must be other teams who go, oh, fucking hell. Why is it every time we play like this, their goalkeeper plays like that? But anyway, we got through in the end a hat-trick from Robin Van Persie and uh, the second goal... Well, I liked that goal a lot. That was a thing of beauty, the, the pass from Sesk and the finish from Van Persie. And even though uh, he put his penalty over the bar, uh, he got another chance laid on through Theo Walcott and, and rounded off the hat-trick. A thoroughly deserved hat-trick as well. And then uh, Carlin Cup, semi-final. Uh, first half wasn't so good. Second half was absolutely fine. The minute the first goal went in, that was it. The relief was uh, was obvious. 
So on the pitch, it's been good stuff from Arsenal. We've got a few days of, or have had a few days of rest and recuperation ahead of the FA Cup tie on Sunday. And we'll have more details of that a bit later on. But also this week, off the pitch, there's been the whole, well, Sky Sports and Richard Keyes and Andy Gray thing. And at the very heart of it, it's serious, of course, what they did and what they said, um, what they try and pass off as uh, the worst word of the week or the most badly used word of the week has to be banter. I don't know how many times I've heard it, but it's nearly always been used incorrectly because banter is like friendly uh, exchange. It's uh, teasing and, you know, it's supposed to be good-natured. And anyone who listened to what Andy Gray and Richard Key said knows that it was not good-natured. And then there were the subsequent leaks, right? And this is what proves that within Sky there was a will to get rid of them. Because if they'd been nice guys and popular, none of this would have reached the public domain. Now, you might say if they'd been nice guys, they wouldn't have made those remarks in the first place. But leaving that aside, there was a genuine will from people within Sky to make it worse for them. The Andy Gray clip where he's telling that girl uh, to tuck the the microphone into his crotch. Imagine if that was uh, your daughter in work and a senior employee is making those kind of uh, suggestions to her. In no other workplace would that be tolerated. Old boys club here, it was. And that's leaving aside the fact that if that was your daughter and, you know, someone did that to her, you'd want to rip their head off. And rightly so. And then the whole Richard Keyes one, the most cringeworthy clip, of course, where he's talking about smashing it and it uh, being a young lady, a friend of Jamie Radnapp's. I don't know who it is. I hope we don't find out who it is because that would be uh, unfair on that particular girl, the same way it was tremendously unfair uh, on Shine Massey. Because all she was doing was doing a job that neither of those two could possibly do. And the aspersions they cast on her have made her life, you know, very difficult. She's now probably the most famous assistant referee in the world. And she's just at the very start of her career. And at the start of a career that's going to be more difficult for her simply because she is a woman in a male-dominated sport. And she's going to have the spotlight on her for, I don't know, ever, maybe? So that's what why what they did was, was so unfair and not right. And I'm glad that the pair of them have paid for it. I mean, if you listen to the uh, the interview on, on TalkSport, wow. Now, someone said on Twitter, it was the best episode of Alan Partridge ever. I mean, it's one thing. If you go on with genuine attrition and genuine, you're genuinely sorry about what it is you've done, that's all you do. You go in, you say, I'm sorry. That was totally out of order. Uh, I ask for forgiveness. I won't do it again. I've learned my lesson. That's it. You don't then say, well, I'm very sorry and there was no excuse for it, but who's to say this doesn't happen in dressing rooms up and down the country? And who's to say lots of people didn't think that way? And who's to say it's in the Man United dressing room and there's dark forces and Rio Ferdinand and Karen Brady wouldn't answer her phone because... I mean, grow the fuck up and grow some balls. But that's the hubris of Keys 
and Gray, this belief that they were so important, that the apology was totally mealy-mouthed, wasn't it? It just didn't mean anything because you knew he didn't really mean it because he didn't really think that he'd done anything that wrong. And that's what made it all the, uh, the more amusing for me, anyway. That and the interview on uh, TalkSport. And if you haven't heard it, go to 3andin.com and you'll find the post there and you can listen to the whole lot of it. Uh, make yourself a cup of tea and have a biscuit uh, and have a listen. It is toe-curling, but utterly uh, amusing at the same time. Right, uh, that's about that then, in terms of, well, for now. Uh, for the rest of uh, what's happened this week, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. We're going to home, save, 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 save. Who is this three-hard villain-looking fucker of a goalkeeper? Robin, get in there. One nil a half-time dangerous. We should be more up. Robin again. Penalty. Oh, jeez, it was a penalty as well. Hat-trick. Ipswich, nil nil a half-time on. Jesus, we're going out. We're going to lose. I hate these cunts. They're all fucking cunts, all the players and the managers. 3-0 a full-time, deadly, I love the lads, someone get me a ticket for the final. More from Internet Joe on next week's podcast, still to come uh, on this week's one. Uh, you'll be surprised to hear we've got some talk shite radio, um, some old style news, and we'll be looking ahead to the games coming up uh, on Sunday and, of course, uh, in midweek against Everton. Right now, though, uh, I'm glad to welcome back to the podcast from Mirror Football, John Cross. Hi, John. Hello, good afternoon. Let's start with the Carling Cup because Arsenal have reached the final uh, despite losing the first leg against Ipswich. Uh, the performance, particularly second half against uh, Ipswich in the, in the second leg, was very good. And once the first goal went in, uh, it, it looked like there was only going to be one winner. Is it a bit of a, a psychological hurdle overcome there a bit? Because uh, we've fallen, our Arsenal have fallen at the semi-final stage a couple of times. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I was I was getting really twitchy for Arsenal for um, at, at half time. I must say because I didn't really think. While I think Wilshere played really well throughout, um, Fabregas was obviously putting in the effort. I didn't think they really sort of flowed um, as, as well as they as they perhaps might have. And I think sort of nerves had crept in a little bit. Um, and I, I think the, the, the goal that, that broke the deadlock, Bentner's finish, was fan- absolutely fantastic after a fantastic Wilshere ball. Um, and I think while I made sort of Wilshere kind of my man of the match, I thought his passing and work rate was exceptional. I thought Bentner had a really good game, mm. um, really, really tried and worked hard. And I think uh, eventually it was kind of that, it was just breaking down the sort of the barriers, and once the first goal went in, I think the the nerves were really eased, and, and they looked assured in the end. I think the 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 trophy itself, obviously, um, you can't escape the fact, no matter where you are, whether it's television, radio, print, that Arsenal have gone since Jack Wilshere was thirteen uh, without winning a trophy, right? So to put that to bed, you know, uh, in the Carling Cup final is it's hugely important, but. Surely the uh, the benefits of it would go a little bit deeper. I'm of the opinion that you know the, the winning is a habit and you get a taste for it. And and this squad, you know, has come close a few times. As, and there's been changes. You know, there's been a sort of a uh, what's the word? A natural attrition from the squad. New players have come in and out. But you know, as a core group, they're lacking the success that might enable them to go on and have more. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I think there's a great point there. I think it's all about the winning mentality, um, and this has kind of driven me to distraction with Arsene Wenger over the last um, few years and his attitude towards the Carlin Cup. While I think the Carlin Cup ties at, at the Emirates have been some of the most exciting 
sort of games because you can see a glimpse of the future and that and that's brilliant. I enjoy that. I do think that sort of the disregard up until this season of the trophy yeah, as an opportunity to break that kind of duck, um, you know, has been frustrating. But I think it's more than that. I think this this trophy, if they win the trophy at the end of February, I think it will get that monkey off their back really and just be an absolute, you know, huge lift for the players. It will instill a bit more winning mentality. I keep on drawing this sort of correlation between Man United. Man United um, were going through a lean spell. People were questioning whether it was the end of Fergie's reign of success at Old Trafford and and, and they, they won then the Carling Cup and then the following season they, they began a run of three successive Premier League titles. Now is it coincidence or is it just you know finding a new team? I think it goes beyond that and I think it's that kind of winning mentality, it's the desire to win more. A few of these players we know how good they are but they just need that first bit of silverware under their belts and I think it's going to be crucial I do think winning the Carling Cup I think could be a massive turning point for some of the younger players but also some players like Samuel Nasri who we know he's having a fantastic season but what will that do for his belief and his confidence for the rest of this season Premier League title race Champions League all to come it's all to play for and I think you know, winning the trophy could be absolutely massive for this team and especially because there's, there's young players as well. You know, we talk about the Carling Cup being a, a, a competition for younger players. And I think one of the things that we've seen this year, of course, there's a change of attitude from Arsene Wenger. But of course, the other, the other side of that is that some of the young players that started in this competition years ago have grown up now. And, and they are part of the, the first team squad. Wilshire, we know, is this year's uh, addition. But, you know, Fabregas, Bentner, Walcott, these guys all started really in the Carling Cup. Um, so, I mean, while there's definitely been a bit of a, a change of attitude from the manager, is it not as well the case that the squad is, is maturing? Yeah, I do think you're right. I think, um, in, in fairness to Arsene Wenger, while, you know, sometimes I think he's rested big players, and for, for big Carling Cup ties, I do think it has given the uh, you know the opportunity for some of those younger players to to graduate, if you like. And now, if you look at it, and actually, Berto Martinez after the game on um, Saturday, uh, the Wigan manager said that of all the teams in the title race, Arsenal have got the strongest squad. I think there's certain areas where. You know, I, I still think Arsenal's squad is lacking in, in, in key areas, um, you know, centre-halves for one. But I think I think throughout um, the, the squad, I think there's, there's great numbers now, um, and, that's, and that's really good to see. I think the frustration for me is just obviously in key, key parts, but I think suddenly you're seeing, you know, players have really sort of uh, graduated when you see, when you see, when, when we talk about Arsene Wenger resting and rotating the squad um, for games, which I'm sure we'll do against Huddersfield as well, I think it uh, comes into play. You know, those players who've, who've come of age, who've graduated suddenly, they're up for that sort of challenge and they can win through, um, which I think is absolutely hugely important um, for Arsenal. A man who, who got two assists, you know, on paper on, on Tuesday night was Andre Arshavin, and he's going through a, a very bad. Uh, period in in his career uh, still came out with two assists which will boost his stats which Arsene Wenger loves we know 
But uh, I think he's got two goals in his last 22 games for Arsenal. He's fallen out of favour. He's now a substitute. Uh, when there's a big game, you would normally have expected him to play. Now he's warming the bench, and if he comes on at all, he's doing well. And you mentioned him in your column yesterday, and, and the, 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 the sense of it really was sort of shape up or, or ship out in terms of Arshavin. Uh, how do you view what's going on with him um, do you see a player who is just going through an extraordinarily bad time? Because you could point to somebody perhaps like Lukas Fabianski, who had that period last season where he couldn't look at the ball without throwing it into his own net, which is by any standards or however you view him as a goalkeeper, just extraordinarily bad, you know, that, that particular run. So is Irish having going through something like that? Or is it a case that he's just you know, he's not uh, responding well to being left out of the team and isn't trying. I mean, there seems to be more effort from him in the last few games. So uh, what's your view on, on what's going wrong with him and, and how he fixes it if he does? Well, I find it really fascinating. It has sort of really divided opinion. And um, I tweeted during the game and just immediately after the game on Tuesday night, and I thought Arsenal was awful. And immediately get a flood of, <laughs> often patronising replies didn't you you know you blind mate what game are you watching you, you know he's laid on two assists well we know that you know he supplied the corner he supplied the through ball but I've got to tell you that, that basically from my seat in the press box I was watching the game and uh, particularly during the second half I thought there were times where he just literally stood still with his with his hips sort of you know just you know just down with his shoulders hunched up looking to the floor as if mm, can't really be bothered and I just think we we know what a great player he is the player that Arsenal signed and broke the bank for um, by Arsenal standards was was a world class player we'd seen him reach incredible standards um, during Euro 2008 and I just think it, it may be that he's going through a period of, of, of bad form or, or confidence but I think that there's one real way to work, work your way out of that and it's to really dig in and work hard and I think that the, his work ethic this season has been pretty lame um, he's a fascinating character um, to interview I've interviewed him a few times and he's, he's, he's really a, a, a nice guy and, you know a really interesting sort of person to chat to um, but I do think in there are perhaps um, maybe some deeper line issues as to as to whether he thinks you know Arsenal for the long term is for him, and maybe he's got to make those sort of decisions. I must say, I thought earlier in the season um, he had sort of eighteen months left, and Arsenal would have to make a big decision on him. But uh, I spoke to Arsene Wenger about it recently. He was actually sort of saying that he's got uh, this season and two more. Um, but I think being realistic, I think that Arsenal, as a player of his quality, of his value will have to make crunch decisions on him um, this summer as to whether they're going to give him a new contract um, with two years left. So mm. I do think and from now until the end of the season is a big point um, for Arshavin. Everyone can see that he made the two assists on Tuesday, but there's not an Arsenal fan, I don't think, worth their salt who knows that he can do an awful lot better mm. um, because we've seen him play in those... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market games before and if he really applied himself then I'm sure he could work his way through this this bad form if that's what just what it is or maybe it's beyond that but he is so frustrating this season and I think at last Arsene Wenger has almost taken him out of his first 11 and maybe that will give him the kick up the backside that he needs. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll wait and see how this develops between now and the end of the season. Very quickly, the transfer window is closing on Monday evening. Um, Arsenal fans, I suppose, are still a little unsettled by the centre-half situation because uh, we're told there's a definite time frame on Thomas Vermaelen now, but uh, if he was to be ruled out for the rest of the season tomorrow, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Um, Juru and Koscielny seem to be uh, forming a, a fairly good partnership and the, and the form in, in recent games has been good. But the only backup then is Skilacci and should anything happen. Um, as well as that, there's the goalkeeping issue where we're told or I'm told Fabianski is injured. Al Mooney is not going to be allowed leave. There are some reports that Arsenal were looking at the Rangers goalkeeper McGregor. So um, with really just uh, 48, 72 hours to go until the close of the transfer window, do you expect Arsenal to do any business? We had the podcast just before we went to the August window, and I was utterly convinced that Mark Schwartz was going to come in. Um, you know, um, so <laughs> I better not hang that. Listen, I, I still think that Chamberlain will get done, but I think um, basically that's always the, that's always going to be the thing is where he will be for the rest of the season. So you know. And look, we've got to be realistic in this one and, and, and accept that I think there are other clubs interested, but I do really think he wants to come to Arsenal. But look, let's be honest, even if, he, if he's loaned back uh, or arrives here now, he's not the player that we're talking about, is he really? Mm, no. um, Arsenal need a centre-half, um, I think, really. Um, they have got a great opportunity to go and win the, the Premier League title, let alone the Carlin Cup. Um, and what frustrates me is that I don't, I'm not convinced that he's going to bring someone in. Um, Arsene Wenger said at the end of his press conference the other night, he sort of said, oh, you know, I'd be surprised if we sign anyone now. So I just caught his eyes, you know, as he left, left, the, left the room. And I said, do, do, does that include a centre-half? And does that include a loan signing as well? And he said, yeah. And basically kind of <laughs> smiled and walked off and said, you can take that how you like. But I think if they had an outstanding loan offer that, that, that it came up or a short-term contract with maybe someone out of contract at the end of the season, mm-hmm. then they'd take it. I do think that last week I got a bit excited about Chris Samba because I do think there was, a, there was a good level of interest there last week. And I've seen the, I've seen the stories about Bergera, maybe, you know, it's an option, Arsene Wenger's you know, sort of during the World Cup, he said he liked him as a player. But it, it, I think it would be one like that, really, um, that, that if, if someone comes in, then, then that could be be an option. But I just find it frustrating, really, that Arsenal won't go 
the extra yard, great profits, high ticket prices. They've got a brilliant team with with one obvious flaw in the squad, the lack of centre halves. You know, if everyone's fit and, and raring to go, then great. And I, I, I've been critical of Koscielny this season, but what a season he's, he's, he's now having, and he's improved no end. The Marlins are a really good player, but I think each of those would benefit so much from having a big stopper, a big commander alongside them. And I just think that whether that be sort of Sandor or Cahill, I just wish Arsenal would go out and spend the extra money because I tell you what, if they had that sort of really, you know, good centre half, I'm not saying that either of those are world class, but a really good commanding Premier League proven centre half, I would stake my, you know, eat my hat, you know, sort of, <laughs> sort of whatever. But I would put, you know, sort of money on Arsenal winning the title. I think it's there for them to do. I think if they fall short, then I think one of the one of the questions of the inquest would be um, unfortunately sort of you know gaps in the squad and the most obvious gap would be at centre half for me alright so not expecting anyone then <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I, well I mean it's hard no, to see yeah well I mean it's hard to see if he gets an outstanding loan offer but l- really what outstanding player is going to be on loan or available for loan uh, between now and Monday so um yeah. yeah, no, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, I thought Sol Campbell did well last season on a short-term deal. I'm not suggesting for a moment that will happen again, you know, because I think, well, I'm sure that Sol Campbell would love to come back again. I don't think that's now an option. Um, so, um, you know, you never know something might sort of, you know, might pluck up a sort of one that we've never heard of in France um, and, and, you know, might might do a good job, but... I can't, I can't really see it at the moment. All right. Okay, John, we better leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed to John Cross. You can find him, of course, in the Mirror or mirrorfootball.co.uk or on Twitter. If you're a Twitter-er, he is there. Twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. And we'll chat to him again a little later on in the season. Now, before we look ahead to the uh, games coming up and all the other bits and pieces, here's some Talk Shy Radio. And finally, there are serious delays in and around Oxford Street as Andy Gray has climbed to the top of Debenhams and is threatening to throw himself off. A large crowd has gathered shouting things like Do it, fatso, and take a leap, son. The police are nowhere to be found. That's it, we'll have more traffic in an hour. Thank you very much indeed, sexy Australian traffic... I'm uh, not sexy, um, plain Australian traffic... Well, not, not plain, um... Uh, well, sexy, but not in a way that means that that is what defines her, if you know what I mean. Uh, she's very pretty, but also extremely good at her job, and her looks have nothing at all to do with um, anything, really. But there you go. We'll have more traffic in an hour. This is Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. And there is one man that has been the focus of so much attention this week. We are delighted to have him here, not least because he's in mourning for the, well, death, we might say, the death of his sidekick's broadcasting career. Uh, Richard Keyes is here to talk about all the stuff that's gone on. Richard, welcome. (laughs) Afternoon. Afternoon to you too, Richard. Now, you're in the spotlight because of remarks that you made that you thought were off-air about a female lady blinds person, official. I don't know what the actual PC name is for them. Lines lady, lines chick. I don't know. But you claim everything's been blown out of proportion and people are overlooking the fact that this female lady lines person bloke 
enjoys a bit of the old ribald cut and thrust, and, and it's well known. She was in dressing rooms full of sportsmen who enjoy a little bit of lad's mag humour, and, and, and I'm absolutely certain it was wrong. Well, that is shocking. Frankly, there's no place for women in the sanctuary of the male dressing room. It is like a, a sporting sacristy if you will. And when she was told to leave, I suspect she played the old gender card, right? She claimed that was because she's a woman. That is her view. It's not necessarily mine. It might be that others don't share that either. But she played that card, rightly or wrongly. Well, wrongly, Richard. I don't think that one's up for debate. Yourself and Andy are giants of the game, but you feel something sinister is at foot, that there's been people out to get you. You know, with success comes envy. They have targeted two individuals. I'm not here to express how so sorry I feel about Sean Massey. I accept there is no place, as I've said a number of times in a modern workplace, to say sorry. This is where I really feel for you, Richard, because we are the same, you and I. Top of the range broadcasters, we should not be accountable to the general public. And even some footballers have been having a go. I, I, I noticed Rio Ferdinand tweeted and said, prehistoric banter, no place for it. Rio, you are daft. Quite right, too. Let he who is without missing a drag test cast the first stone. That's what I say. Now, Richard, you and I go back many years, and this next bit is a little bit delicate, but I've been told from inside Sky that one of the reasons... You got into so much trouble. Is a new sort of habit that you've formed uh, in studio while the game is going on. You enjoy a bit of a, oh, how do I put this, a uh, bit of a, a crafty wank. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Was it an ambition for a long time? It, it, it is something that I've been bursting to do. And is it true, Richard, that during the Arsenal game last week when uh, David Beckham attended... Uh, you went the whole way in studio, I was sitting there watching David, and it, it just just happened, did it? Uh, I, I wanted to come. It, it shouldn't have happened, you know. It shouldn't have happened. It, it, it's it's something that um, I'm, I'm I'm enormously um, upset about. It, it reflects what goes on in pubs and clubs, you know. But really, you know, much as I respect you, Richard, is it something you have to do in studio? Of course, I have to. And I have been doing so. Richard, I've got to admit, I'm glad I don't have to share headphones with you. Who needs a spunky ear? What? Uh, anything to say just to sum things up at the end? Uh, last comments? No. I I'm not sorry at all because, uh, look, I'm right. Richard Keyes, uh, absolute pleasure to have you here. This is Talkshite Radio, talking shine about sport 24 hours a day. It's all been a bit heavy when we come back. After the break, we're going to lighten the mood. Stan Collymore is here to tell us about the time he gave that weather girl a black eye. Talkshite Radio, talking shine about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. More from Talkshite Radio soon enough, inevitably, I suppose. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend, uh, it's FA Cup fourth round and we play Huddersfield at home and there's going to be a lot of changes, I suspect. Three players who we haven't seen for a long time could be on their way back. Uh, Manuel Almunia, Abu Diaby and Thomas Rosicki all in line uh, to start the game. Uh, Diaby is back from his, um, I don't know, what does he have this time? His general malaise you might say. Uh, Rosicki's been ill. He's had a virus, so he's going to come back in. 
Um, and Manuel Almunia, who apparently was all set to leave the club because of the injury to Fabianski, is now not being allowed to do so because Manone has gone off to Hull for the rest of the season. And should something happen to Chesney, then all we've got is um, James Shea. And there's another Argentinian lad, I think, uh, but they're young, too young, and too inexperienced. And um, from what I'm told is that Almunia, despite the fact he might play on, on Sunday, and I think that's just to give him a game and keep him in reasonable shape or at least get a bit of uh, match fitness back about him, Almunia will understudy Chesney. So that's interesting, and it just shows the way the uh, balance of power has shifted in the goalkeeping situation. What will be really interesting is when Fabianski comes back. Will Chesney keep his place then? And uh, it's going to be, I suppose, if uh, Fabianski and Chesney are fit for the rest of the season, it's going to be fairly boring for Manuel Almunia. But there you go. That is the ups and downs of being a professional footballer. While I feel for him in the sense that, you know, if you want to play, every player wants to play. But at the same time, uh, he's uh, he's done very well for himself um, out of Arsenal. I'm not saying, you know, uh, that's a bad thing. He's just done very well. So there's ups and downs. So you've got to take uh, the downs as well as the ups. And, you know, he'll uh, he'll know fine well that when he came into the team, it was Jens Lehmann who had uh, a final season at the club where he really didn't play very much at all. Uh, and that's just the way of the world. So he's there for insurance for the rest of the season. Um, who else is back? Skilachi is back. Um, I suppose we're going to see Ibue, we're going to see Gibbs. Um, interesting that we let Ramsey go on loan because this is the kind of game he could easily have played in. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to do in terms of rotating the midfield. Danielson will, will come in. We'll have Arshavin and Bentner and Shamak. And, uh, we'll make plenty of changes, I think, for the, uh, for the uh, Huddersfield game because on Tuesday then we've got a very, very important league game against Everton. And uh, we've got to keep up the momentum in the league as well because United, well, they just don't seem to be um, beatable at the moment. Or if there's a rub of the green to be got, they get the rub of the green. Um, So a big week of football because uh, we need to keep up the pressure in the league. And obviously progress in the cup would be uh, a very good thing as well. And we're heading into that sort of territory then, aren't we, where we're we're uh, we're looking at Barcelona in the not-too-distant future. After Everton, I think there's uh, Newcastle at the weekend, and then, um, um, what is it? I think we might have a week without a midweek game, but you never know, because the Carling Cup final has been uh, clashes with the Spurs game. The Spurs game was supposed to take place on the 26th, and the Carling Cup takes place on the 27th. I wonder, can they move that back? I doubt they can at this stage. It's probably a little too soon. Um, so we may have a week off before we uh, before we play Wolves, I think it is, and then and then Barcelona. But we've got to keep the momentum going, and uh, the team that we put out, despite all the changes that we'll make on Sunday, I think that's a team that uh, is more than capable uh, of beating Huddersfield Town. With all due respect to them and the uh, the FA Cup and the the sort of shocks that that uh, that tournament can bring. So really, that's about that. There hasn't been a great deal else going on. We'll just take a, a quick short news break. Coventry City Football Club made history today by offering the first season ticket for women. It is a breakthrough in the modern game, as Chairman Richard Keyes explains. We're delighted to offer this ticket to women. 
All women are open to employ, and the first one to get the offside rule right gets it. Rawr. Applications close this Friday and should be accompanied by a picture of your bloomers. So there you go. That's just about that. Uh, only for me to wish you a good weekend. It's going to be an interesting weekend here in Dublin because we've got the very, very first ever annual Arsblog convention, which uh, should be fun. Tom is over here in Dublin for the weekend, so we're going to have the the annual Arsblog convention, the very first one, the inaugural Arsblog convention, in which we'll sit around and perhaps we might... Uh, take a glass of something mildly alcoholic, and we'll discuss all the various bits and pieces that we've got going on for the site, all the improvements and features we're going to add, and and then we might have another glass of something mildly alcoholic, and uh, I'd say that'd be it. Fairly tame weekend, I would say. You know us, abstemious men, gentlemen, who know our limits, and wouldn't at all um, go overboard with booze. Mm-mm. So if there's a hungover blog this weekend, well, you know that it's Tom that has led me astray and uh, won't have anything to do with me at all. But if there are hungover blogs, please be kind and don't talk too loud. It, it hurts. So uh, here's to a good win on Sunday. Three good points on Tuesday. And of course, I'll talk to you on next week's Arscast. So until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, I am Arshevin, and uh, has come to attention that uh, some comment I make uh, many time ago about uh, women and driving has uh, caused uh, controversy. I would like to uh, take opportunity after advice and uh, speak with family to apologize for comment they were unacceptable and have no place in modern world it is not right to say that women should not be allowed driving just because they are women You have to say women are not allowed driving because women are terrible driver. What? But uh, how how make worse? Oh, I shall not understand. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.